My name is Dulce Valencia, and welcome to Telenovelas con Dulce, a podcast where every week I invite special guests to break down the telenovelas we love. From the music, to the cast, to the unforgettable plot twist. Every slap, every imbecile, every secret twin. I have got you covered. Bienvenidos and welcome to another episode of Telenovelas con Dulce. My name is Dulce Valencia and welcome to the podcast where we watch telenovelas and I recap them for you. Ah, you all, y'all, 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 y'all. I, if you follow me on TikTok or if you follow me on Instagram, you may have seen that something really awesome just happened. And if you listen to the podcast on a weekly basis, then you know that last week I talked about how I was going to be seeing Sebastián Rulli in a play, and I manifested that I was going to meet him. Well, guess what happened, y'all? I met him. Kim and I got to meet the king of telenovelas himself, Sebastián Rulli, And y'all, I'm sorry, I'm just going to take a quick moment to talk about that before we get into this episode, which already is going to be packed with stuff. So sorry if this episode is a little bit too long. We're just, I'm just, I have so many, so much excitement to process, so many things. Also, because of meeting Sebastian Rulli, I've been getting an influx of new listeners. So if you're listening to this episode, hey, thank you so much for following the podcast and I hope you enjoy it and I hope you stick around but with that said really fast quick story time on how I met Sebastian Rulli and then we'll get into the episode where we will tackle the finale of La Usurpadora y'all I cried but anyway before that Sebastian Rulli where to begin at the beginning so y'all I told y'all how I how Sebastián Rulli is in a play called Divorciémonos Mi Amor. I found out today that this past weekend was his last weekend, so sorry if you didn't get to see him, but he was touring with this play called Divorciémonos Mi Amor with a bunch of other telenovela actors like Sherlyn, Mariana Sewane, Julian Hill, and what's his name? Oh, Alexis Ayala, who also directed it. So they were traveling together, super awesome, super cute, very fun show. Kim and I saw it. And you can definitely tell that the cast, they all get along and that this is something that's fun and brings them joy, which as an audience member was really awesome to see. So I enjoyed the play. It had some outdated humor that I found a little problematic. And there were some issues and some technical difficulties, but I I ended I had I had fun and I really enjoyed just being able to be in a room with a bunch of Latinos watching plays and watching theater because it's something like Latino audiences aren't catered to in theater specifically. So it was just cool to be able to experience that. And shout out to Kim who came along with me to see it. So yeah, so we watched the play and then I was like, Kim, let's go walk around and see if we can find the backstage, the backstage, you know, where where the actors drive up because if y'all don't know, I study theater, I'm an actor and I work, I do some theater stuff. And so I kind of know how theaters work and everything. So my, my idea was maybe they're going to do a stage door where the actors, when they leave, they sometimes like hang around and talk to fans or like sign stuff and whatever. So I was like, let's go. And we walk around and I'm telling Kim how You know, all we need to find is find the van parked outside because that'll show us where the actors are leaving. 
And she was like, oh, I saw this van on this other side, though. And I was like, no, 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 let's let's just keep walking. And we did, and we ran into the van, and it was right outside where I knew it was going to be because it said stage door, and it was a load-in area where they probably loaded the set. And so I was like, this is it. So then we just stand, and then I'm like, let's go into the light so that we're not creepers. And, you know, if the actors do come out, they don't get scared by us. And so we sit across and we're talking we're just catching up and then i see three people come out and it's i believe mariana sewane alexis ayala who was smoking a cigarette and a really tall man and i didn't realize who the tall man was or else i probably would have panicked and then kim was like oh should we go now and i was like no no let's wait because in my head i was like they're gonna come to us right that was like my really manifestation mind coming into play and so we're, we're there, and then the rest of the cast comes out. Sherlyn, Julian Hill, and another actor, I think his name is Omar, Omar, uh, come out. And I see that they're all going to get into the van. So then that's when I take two steps forward, and I'm like, Oiga, disculpe. And when I say that, um, the other actors kind of just like look at me, but don't really look at me. And then they all just go their own, like get into the van and start getting in, which I don't blame them. I was a random fan. Like, you know, I, they do not owe me any of their time, but the really tall man that I saw come out first, I realized that that was Sebastian Rulli. And then I was like, oh my God, he's right in front of me. And he looks at me. We make eye contact. I'm looking into Sebastian Rulli's beautiful eyes. And not only that, he starts walking to us. Everyone else got into the van. Sebastian Rulli walks towards Kim and I. And I start talking to him and I start saying, Hi, I, I have a podcast about telenovelas. I grew up with your telenovelas and I really admire you as an actor. And you know the roles you've portrayed and they mean so much because I grew up with them. And I start telling him about the podcast and how the first telenovela we covered was Rubi, where he played Hector. I didn't tell him how I, when I was younger, hated him because I associated him with Hector, a character who I hated. Instead, I was like, you did such an awesome job because he did, because Hector was like a really tough character. Character, and he did a really great job with it and we're just rambling I'm just rambling because Kim is kind of just really quiet because this is not her vibe and and she just felt really uncomfortable but shout out to her because she stuck with me and so I'm talking to him and then I start telling him how I'm an actor and how I study theater and how I graduated last year and how I hope to work in telenovelas and everything and at that point, it's only Sebastián Rulli who's holding up the, the other actors in the van from leaving. Like, they're all ready to go. And Sebastián Rulli is outside talking to me and Kim. And throughout the whole time I'm rambling, he's like, ay, muchísimas gracias, gracias, gracias. And I think I do have, like, a little clip of that. His voice is super low because um, Kim was a little further away. So you may... I'll try to play it if I can, uh, if the voice isn't too low. Telenovelas con dulce. Y la primera telenovela que cubrimos fue la de Ostela de Rubí. Y nos dos enamoradas de su personaje, de cómo lo hizo y de su evolución de como actor. Es, es un... Uy, no sé cómo decirle, porque verlo como actor... Soy actriz también y estudio actuación en teatro. Me acabo de graduar. La verdad que usted me ha inspirado mucho. Um, ¿Podría, nos regalaría una foto? Por supuesto, con mucho cariño. Ay, mucho. He was just so, so, so kind. I cannot, I cannot say enough good things about how kind this man is. And he just, 
oh, so, so, so lovely, so nice, a complete gentleman. And then finally, uh, I was like, oh, can I get a picture? And he was like, of course. Well, not of course. He's like, por supuesto que sí. Uh, yeah. And then so Kim takes my picture. And then I was like, Kim, do you want a picture? And Kim's like, um, un selfie. So then we take a selfie. And then that's when Kim, who has been quiet the whole time, is like, y pronto la va a ver a ella en telenovelas. So she points to me and is like, you're going to see her in telenovelas soon. And then Sebastian Rulli is like, de eso estoy seguro. And y'all... It just meant so much because, like I said, he doesn't owe me anything. He didn't owe me anything. He could have gotten in the van and I would have been a little disappointed, but I would have understood because, you know, it was just me and Kim outside. So I could have, I would have understood it. But he chose to come to us. He chose to take time and talk to us and take pictures with us and everything and listen to me talk to him about how much telenovelas mean to me and everything. So that's the story on how I met him. And immediately after we took the pictures, we said goodbye and we wished him good travels and safe travels. So we like just turned and there was a little like brick wall that separated from where the van was and the backstage was to the street. And so Kim and I wait until we're around and then we just run because we can't believe that we just met Sebastian Rulli and that he was a gentleman. And he was like so worth it. And so we're, we're, yeah, if y'all want to see that reaction, it's on my TikTok. Uh, yeah, I, I cannot say enough good things about Sebastian Rulli. And that meant so much to me. And I'm manifesting it because I manifested meeting him. I'm manifesting that someday in the future, I will get to work with him and I'll get to show him the video and I'll get to show him the pictures and tell him how I met him before and how he was completely kind. So yeah, so that's my story. And now we're just, we're just gonna get to what you all came here to do, which was listen to me talk about the ending of La Usurpadora. So when we last left off, Carlos Daniel had just been shot. And y'all, if y'all listened to it, I was, I was, I was legit shook. I, I did not remember this happening and I was very worried and I was like, oh my God, no. Is he going to be debatiéndose entre la vida and la muerte? Like, is he going to be between life and death? Like, what's going to happen? He's fine. I was a little disappointed because I felt cheated out of a good dramatic scene because he's just fine. Like, he's completely fine and... Then he he decides that once he gets released from the hospital, he's just going to skip town because he doesn't want to deal with Paola, which is such a mood. And so he leaves and he goes to Monterrey because apparently his friends there, friends that we've never seen, by the way, uh, own a ranch or an estate. And he's just there hanging out and, you know, taking some time off. I, uh, I don't know. His character sometimes irks me. And then if he hadn't irked me enough, while there, he meets a woman named Isabel. I try to find the actress who plays her, could not find her. But he meets this woman named Isabel, and they start dating. And I hated this part, because we were like, I don't know, six episodes out from the finale, and he starts dating a random woman who, whom we as audience have never seen. And not only that, he, he, he proposes marriage to her. And that's where I got really upset. Because I'm like, you really left Paulina, have her dealing with Paola's hot mess, have her, have your whole family dealing with Paola's maldades, and you're over here falling in love? No, I didn't like it. So he, he proposes matrimony to her, and she rejects him, thankfully, and is like, no, because I can tell that you have not forgotten the woman 
whom you came here to forget, which is Paulina. So I appreciate that this character didn't stick around for too long. I was annoyed that she was even here at all, but that's besides the point. Yeah, so that does not go anywhere, thankfully. But while he's in Monterrey, resting and falling in love, Paola continues to be an icon and unpredictable and just wreck havoc in the Bracho home. And y'all, throughout this whole telenovela, I've said it once, I've said it twice, I will continue to say this, this telenovela belongs to Paola Bracho's character. I loved her she is such an iconic villain so fun so evil so conniving i loved all her scenes and i really love that in the last 20 or so episodes we've gotten to see a lot more of her and just see her wreck so much havoc just by existing i loved it and so she continues her 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 trend of wrecking havoc this time things get worse because paola If y'all remember, she's pretending that she can't walk and she has to use a wheelchair. And part of this is she wants her own car that's a specialized car that she can drive. And this car, only the United States makes it and it's really expensive. And the Brachos are like, well, if you want a car, you're going to have to pay for it from your own fortune. And Paola's like, no, y'all are going to have to pay for it. And Paulina is like, fine, I'll pay for it if it's going to keep you quiet and like you know, calm and away from the brachos. So Paulina pays for this car and the car gets delivered and Paola just starts driving around recklessly everywhere. There's this really fun scene when she first gets the car. She decides that the first place she's going to go to is a bracho factory and she goes and Paulina and Rodrigo are having like this business conversation and all of a sudden you just start hearing someone beeping and someone beeping and the beeping doesn't stop and finally Paulina's like who is that so they look out the window and Paola is out there just staring from her window like her head poking out and she's beeping the car maniacally and it's just so fun i laugh so much seeing that scene because she's just having so much fun being evil and annoying everyone. So, as her maldades are growing, Elvira, her nurse and accomplice, starts to realize that Paola is not a good person. And she starts to realize that Paola lied to her because Paola, when she was first talking to Elvira, was like, oh, the Bracho family has treated me like shit and they have done all this stuff to me and I'm just getting my revenge, my earned revenge. And so Elvira finds her amusing and she is sticking around. It reminds me a lot of Loreto's relationship with Ruby, where Loreto stuck around and saw saw Ruby doing all these bad things, but he stuck around because he found it amusing and he was just really, you know, having fun. And so that reminds me of this scene with the nurse and Paola. But very quickly, the nurse starts to realize, mm, I don't want to be a part of this. And also it's hinted that she's fallen in love with Carlos Daniel, And Paola calls her out on this and Paola starts to see that Elvira is changing and she's like, so when Paola starts to see that Elvira might not be completely loyal to her, she starts to change up her plan. And that includes miraculously learning to walk again. So she goes to the brachos and she's standing like standing upright and she's like, I've been working very hard and now my legs finally work. It's a miracle. And everyone doesn't believe her. They all start to doubt her and think that she was faking it the entire time. But no one's able to prove it. At least 
not until Elvira goes to Abuela Piedad and she confesses everything. She's like, Paola, she she told me that y'all were the evil ones and y'all were treating her like shit. And I went along with it, but I can't do this anymore. And you have to know she's planning on ruining your lives and she's planning all these evil things. And also she was faking her illness the entire time she can walk. And Abuela Piedad decides to kick Paola out of the house. She's like, I'm I'm not having it. You need to you need to leave. Paola then decides to go on a rampage. And this rampage includes working with Willy so that Willy will set fire to the Bracho factory and they'll lose all their money. And she also is planning, I didn't quite get it, but I think she was planning like an ambush for Elvira, the nurse. Like she had Willy hire some men and she was going to drive her to this to this location in the, in the middle of nowhere and have her be beat up, I think, which is really bad. Like not that... Everything she's done before hasn't been bad, but all her maldades have been very much like they don't cause any physical harm. So the fact that she was planning this, like she was getting out of control and she was just, you know, running wild. So she tells Elvira to get into the car and that they're going to go somewhere. And so Elvira gets in the car, but very quickly when Paola starts driving really fast and more erratically than normal, she realizes that something's up and she starts to tell Paola, like, you need to stop, like, stop the car. I don't want to be here. And Paola's like, no, you betrayed me. This is what you get. This is what you deserve. And so Elvira tries to steer the car and take the steering wheel away from Paola. But Paola's swerving and there's like this whole mess and they end up crashing the car. No, 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 no. They don't crash the car. The car goes off of a little cliff almost and just rolls downhill and it explodes. Both Paola and Elvira's bodies are ejected from the car. Elvira dies instantly. Rest in peace, Elvira. But Paola doesn't. Paola somehow survives. Like this woman has a million lives, it seems. So she survives a car crash and she's taken to an emergency hospital. So around the same time Paola is getting into this car accident, Carlos Daniel decides that he has to go back to Mexico and that he has to do things right and he has to stand up for himself and he has to stand up to Paola. So he decides to go back and he returns only to find out that Paola is in the hospital and she is gravely ill and she's on her deathbed. And so Paulina, when she finds out about the accident, she immediately blames herself. She goes to visit Paola and she's like, it's my fault. If I hadn't given her that car, she would be fine. I shouldn't, I should have been stronger. Blaming herself completely, like she completely crumbles. Even Rodrigo is taken aback by everything because he's like, Paulina, you're always the strong one. You're always the one that stays calm. What's going on? But this is like the straw that broke the camel's back. Like this is too much for Paulina. This woman has been through enough. So Paola's in her deathbed and Paulina decides to make a vow that if Paola gets better because all the doctors are being like, yeah, she's going to die. Están las últimas. So Paulina makes a vow that if Paola gets better, she's going to become a nun. So yeah. So Carlos Daniel, Abuela Piedad, Fidelina, everyone, like they all come together and Paola's in and out of consciousness. Paulina is the only one that's by her side the entire time. So she's able to talk to Paola a little bit and be like, 
you know, you have to be strong, you're gonna be okay. And Paola is in a lot of pain. And I don't know if y'all remember this, but back when she was with Douglas Maldonado and she was like getting these pains in her head, Douglas Maldonado told her that she she couldn't handle pain. And so it's very on brand and on character for for Paola that she that this pain she's in is just unbearable for her. She is crying and she ooh like rake tears by the way, great tears by Gabby Spanik. She's crying and then the pain kind of resets Paola's brain and she starts apologizing for everything. And she knows she's going to die. And she tells Paulina that she's sorry for everything she did to her and, and for not treating her like she deserved and everything. And she wants to apologize to the entire Bracho family. And Paulina is just like, you know, like, it's okay. Like, it's okay. I forgive you. And Paola is very adamant that she wants to apologize to the Bracho family. But because of the pain medication she's in, she's asleep when Carlos Daniel shows up and when Abuela Piedad show up and everything. But Carlos Daniel and everyone, because this telenovela is very religious and very Catholic, they all are like, we have to forgive her. You know, Christ forgave the people who crucified him. Like, who are we to not forgive this woman? So they all decide collectively to forgive her. And Paulina tells Paola the next time she's awake that Carlos Daniel stopped by and that they all forgave her. And she's like, you should have woken me up. Like, I wanted to tell him all the stuff that he doesn't know. Like, she wanted to confess everything. And Paulina's like, no, 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 don't worry. Like, he forgives you. You're fine. And while this is happening, while they're talking, Paola also starts to ramble about Willy. And she tells Paulina, Willy, he's going to burn the factory. He's going to burn the factory. But Paulina just chops it up to she's sick and with pain medication, so she's not making any sense. And Paulina's just trying to make her sister feel better. And Paola tells her, you know, that she regrets the stuff she did. And she decides that when she dies, she's going to leave all her fortune to Carlos Daniel and the kids. She's like, I would leave it to you, but you're fine financially and they really need it, which is true. And Paulina's just like, don't worry, you're not going to die. You're not going to die. And she's crying and she's having a breakdown. And she's still trying to hold on to hope that Paola is going to be saved. But unfortunately, that is not the case. Paola then goes into a coma. And very soon after, Paola Bracho dies. Rest in peace, Paola. Y'all... I was really sad. I was really, really sad to see Paola Bracho go because, like I said, she was such a good villain, such a great character, so fun. Gabi Spanik, by the way, props to her because these scenes where she had to play both Paola dying and Paulina having an emotional breakdown to Paola dying were just top-notch, and I can't even begin to imagine how difficult they must have been to film. So shout out to her, props to her. She doesn't get enough credit, I feel like. And yeah, I just, I, I was really sad to see Paola go, but the way this telenovela is structured and the themes it has and it's like how important religion is in it, it was the only way. Paola had to die, unfortunately. So she dies, but she dies a woman who is who who has what's the word not overcome but she she's like como se dice se arrepintió de sus maldades like she she regretted her, all the evil stuff she had done so you know she made amends with everyone thankfully which 
again, because this telenovela is so religious and like follows a lot of Catholicism ideals and beliefs, because she asked for forgiveness at the end, you know, and asked for forgiveness for her sins, like she is saved. So when she dies, Abuela Piedad is like she died a bracho, so she's going to be buried with the brachos and her funeral waking is going to happen at the bracho mansion. So Estefania doesn't like this because Estefania to the end hated Paola. I think she's the only one that didn't forgive her. So Estefania is not too happy about it. Fidelina also isn't too happy about it. But once La Abuela Piedad is like, you know, like we have to be good people, follow God's rules. Fidelina is just like, you're right. So they have the funeral at the Bracho home and Paulina is really sad. And y'all, guess who comes to console her? That's right, Edmundo, el licenciado. So he comes and he's there for her and he's a shoulder for her to cry on. And <laughs> I laughed because there's a really funny shot where Edmundo, obviously this is a funeral, so it's a sad affair. And Edmundo is hugging Paulina, providing support to her. But the camera pans to Carlos Daniel, just like burning with jealousy. And I just found that shot to be really funny. So Edmundo's there to support Paulina. And now that Paola is dead and Carlos Daniel and Paulina both love each other, you would think that Paulina would decide to marry Carlos Daniel immediately. But that is not the case. She doesn't want to be with him. Oh, and something really important that happened while Paola was dying that I didn't mention is she tells Paulina that she needs to marry Carlos Daniel, that she needs to be happy and that she, she you know, she deserves to be happy and that she wants her to marry Carlos Daniel and that if she could, she would place their hands together and unite them both, you know, in their love. But Paulina, in her grief, you know, her sister is dead and she also... She also doesn't really trust that Carlos Daniel loves her truly because as she's always maintained, she thinks that Carlos Daniel really only loved her because she reminded him of the Paola he loved. And so she's still, you know, feeling insecure about that. So in the wake of Paola's death, Paulina begins to get closer to Edmundo. So much so that she decides that she's going to marry him. Edmundo is happy because he's in love with her. And Paulina is just, you know, suffering because she doesn't love him. But she thinks that with enough time, she may be able to get to love. And that this is the best option because she can't marry Carlos Daniel. So Carlos Daniel just lets this happen. He literally, y'all, I was so annoyed at him. The day of the wedding comes. And Carlos Daniel is just chilling in his room being depressed, which I guess I shouldn't judge him because if I was depressed and the love of my life was marrying someone else, that's probably what I would do too. Okay, never mind. I don't judge him as much because I just realized now that he's actually very relatable in this scene. Yeah, so he's, so he's, you know, so he's in his room moping and being very sad because Paulina is marrying Edmundo. And meanwhile, Edmundo and Paulina, as well as Celia, their witness are at the delegación. Not the delegación. What's it called? Not the judge. Oh my God, I cannot speak today. Sebastian Rulli took everything from me. Just kidding. Um, they're at the courthouse. They're at the courthouse getting married through Lo Civil, which is their... Yeah, I really can't talk. Oh my God. Not, not legal. Civil wedding, their civil union. So they're getting married and Edmundo immediately signs the papers and all that's left is for Paulina to sign the paper. She hesitates and she 
she, you know, and she just can't bring herself to sign the paper. And then the the licenciado is like, are you going to sign it? And then she starts crying and she starts crying and she walks away. And then Edmundo, oh, a complete sweetheart, he goes to her and Paulina's crying. And this actually really broke me. Like it was a very sad scene because Paulina is just, you can see so much in Gaby Svanik's performance in this scene where she is just broken because she's trying so hard to love this man and bring herself to sign the marriage certificate and the marriage papers, but she can't do it because she doesn't love him. So you see so many emotions and little moments play out in Paulina's crying. And Edmundo tells her, come here, like, it's okay, like, don't worry. And he's just holding her and being there for her and being like, you don't have to marry me, it's okay. And that's, you know, that's what happens. Paulina doesn't marry Edmundo and Edmundo just kind of disappears in the telenovela. Like he, you know, he leaves and we never see his character again. And that was really sad because I really liked him and I was team Edmundo. And I saw Saskia's message right before recording. Saskia, my listener from Hong Kong, who was like, she was also team Edmundo um, because he was a really great character and I really liked his evolution. We met him as a playboy, one of Hema's many boy toys, and we saw him evolve as a fierce defender of Paulina, fall in love with Paulina for who she was. I will argue he was the only character to fall in love with Paulina for who she was completely and not for what she represented. So shout out to him. Just a really great man and really great performance by Arturo Peniche. Super enjoyed his character. But... He doesn't marry Paulina, and Paulina goes back to the hotel with Celia. That same day in the evening, in the afternoon, Abuela Pidar calls because Carlitos is sick or something, and he's been sent back to the Bracho home. And Abuela Pidar calls, and Celia answers, and she's like, can I talk to Paulina? And she's like, oh, you can't because she's resting. And then Abuela Pidar is like, what do you mean she's resting? She just got married, which... The logic there, if I got married, I'd probably be tired and need a nap too. But uh, Abuela Pida is like, didn't she just get married? And Celia is like, don't tell her I told you. But no, she couldn't go through with it. And Abuela Pida is like, I knew it. Because, you know, her abuela's intuition. And so she tells Carlos Daniel, who's again moping in his room. And Carlos Daniel is all happy because he has a shot again. And we get to our final couple of episodes now and this is where i'll wrap up everyone's storylines so first of all i'm gonna wrap up willie and estefania's storylines because these these toxicos just uh, irked me and annoyed me so much so willie was trying to get all of estefania's money estefania foolishly gave him all the money but then she was having some hesitation so willie kidnaps their baby and is like, I'm not giving him back. I'm going to give him away like they gave you. And he tells Estefania that her real mom is Fidelina. And Estefania completely loses it. And she's able to get her baby back. And Willy steals the money and goes off to burn the Bracho factory. So once Estefania gets the baby, she overdoses on tranquilizers and she passes out. And she's found the next day by Paulina. And she tells Paulina that she needs to find Willy because Willy stole her money. And also because he's going to burn the factory. That's when they realize that that night, Willy tried to burn the factory, but he was not successful. 
And with Estefania, as well as Paulina remembering what Paola had told her, they're able to contact the police, the same police, by the way, that were in charge of Carlito's disappearance and everything. And they go to Willie, find him, and arrest his ass. Oof, I love seeing Willie in jail. So he goes to jail. Ooh, actually, when he's in jail, that's when he tells Estefania that Fidelina is her mom. Because Willie's like, you need to get me out of here. You need to do everything you can. I'm still your husband. I will make sure you don't have a good life if you don't get me out of here. But Estefania is like, I guess she finally learns her lesson and is like, no, bitch, you're staying in prison. But when Willie tells her that Fidelina is her mom, she leaves distraught. And she goes to Fidelina and La Abuela Piedad. And at first, Fidelina denies it and is like, no, mi, mi niña, like, I'm not your mother. But Abuela Piedad is like, you need to stop lying. She's your mom. And Estefania and Fidelina embraced tearfully. And I, I really like how they did this. I mean, it was like the second to last episode, so they really couldn't add so much conflict. But Estefania is like, you know, she embraces Fidelina with open arms. And she's like, I just wish you would have told me earlier And, you know, I wouldn't have lived my whole life believing I didn't have a mother. And so they embrace. But the next day, when Fidelina goes to Estefania's home, Estefania just starts laughing maniacally. It's creepy. And it's also totally a misrepresentation of mental illness, I believe, methinks. Estefania has now suffered a nervous breakdown and she is sent to an asylum for mentally ill people where she lives out her life believing she's a nun and believing that Abuela Piedad and Fidelina are also nuns and her child is left without parents and Rodrigo and Patricia decide to raise him as their own. So that's where Willie and Estefania end up. Willie in prison, rightfully so, and Estefania in a mental asylum, which she, yeah, she she had so many opportunities where she could redeem herself, but she never did. So can't say she didn't deserve it. Although I will say I don't like the way they use mental illness as a punishment because many, many, many people deal with mental illness. And, you know, I, I don't know. I don't like I don't like that it was used as a punishment for the villain. But yeah, so that's what happens to them. And with that, I will go back to our main couple, Paulina and Carlos Daniel. So after Paulina doesn't marry Edmundo and she goes to the Bracho home because Carlitos was sick, she runs into Carlos Daniel, who's like, I know you didn't get married. Like, will you stay, amor mio? I love it when he calls her amor mio, by the way. And Paulina tells him all about her reservations because she thinks that He doesn't really love her. And he's like, no, I do love you and I want to be with you and I don't love you. And I really like this moment because it really um, it really calmed my fears about Carlos Daniel's character. And he's like, I don't love you because you're the perfect woman. I don't love you because you're you would make an excellent mother for my children. I don't love you because you're this or that. I love you for who you are because you're smart and you're kind. Yeah, it's just who you are. And that's when Paulina kisses him and he's like, will you marry me? And Paulina accepts and then they realize that they have to tell the kids what's been going on. So they do. They We don't see the whole conversation play out, but we just see Lisette being like, I don't understand anything. And Carlitos being like, well, you're the mom I love, so I don't care if your name is Paola or Paulina. I love you. And then they're like, well, we're gonna get married. 
And so wedding day arrives. And this is where I cried, y'all. This is, I don't know why. Maybe it was because this is the first telenovela I rewatched for the podcast that has the traditional telenovela ending that I grew up with, where the ending ends with a big wedding. Or maybe it was just, I don't know, that Paulina suffered so, so, so much and she finally gets to be with the love of her life, being herself and not pretending to be La Usurpadora. So at the wedding, all the characters from the telenovela reunite. Well, not all of them, but most of them. Like Leandro and Veronica come back and they now have twins. Veronica, Carlos Daniel's former secretary that he was in love with for a hot minute. She comes She comes to the wedding and she's now in a relationship with Osvaldo, who was Paulina's ex-boyfriend. So I love that both of their exes ended up together. That was really fun. Lalita ends up with the chauffeur. And we see all these characters, even the police officers who who tried and arrested Paulina are there at the wedding celebrating. And so we see Carlos Daniel be walked down the aisle by Abuela Piedad. And then the servants are like, mm, where's Paulina? Is she going to show up? And then Fidelina is like, no comas ansias, she's coming. And that's when the theme song starts playing, like a very slowed down version of it. And that's when I started getting teary eyed because... Uh, traditional telenovela ending and also you know a wedding and paulina finally getting her happiness so the theme song starts playing and we see paulina arrive in the car she is being walked down the aisle by rodrigo and i love that it's his character who does it because he's the one that started off being so so wary of La Usurpadora and he ends up being her fiercest defender and supporter. And he walks her down the aisle, as they said in Carlitos, the two little kids are holding her train and she looks beautiful in her wedding dress. Her hair is up. Oh, Gabby Spanik looks like a queen. And she walks down the aisle and all of this is happening as a theme song is playing. And we see her and Carlos Daniel look at each other. Carlos Daniel is wearing like a penguin suit, which was very much in fashion during the time. We see all the characters of the telenovela looking happily at the soon-to-be-married couple. And the music is playing and it only cuts when the priest pronounces Carlos Daniel and Paulina, husband and wife. They kiss, everyone cheers, they walk down the aisle back outside where they throw rice and rose petals at them, and a mariachi is out there, and they start playing a song that quickly morphs into a mariachi instrumental of the theme song, which, oof, again, a small detail that I loved, and then everyone's cheering for them, and they kiss, and we get the fiend at the end. Y'all, I know it doesn't sound like a lot, but it made my heart really happy. Like pure escapism drama. I loved it. I loved it. I got teary-eyed. I loved the little detailings. Uh, And Paulina gets her happy ending, which she deserved and I loved for her. And that was the ending of La Usurpadora. That's it, y'all. Oh my God. Like this was... This was a trip. This was a ride. Thank you all so much for listening to me talk about La Usurpadora with you all for the past 11 weeks. Can you believe that? Uh, It was such a joy to rewatch this childhood classic of mine. And I hope you all enjoyed it and it brought you nostalgia and everything. Thank you for being a listener. 
And yeah, if you liked, if you liked the podcast, I haven't told y'all, I haven't asked y'all in a while, make sure to leave me a review on Apple Podcasts, please. I love seeing the reviews and thank you so much. Oh my God. I can't believe we ended the, the telenovela. Oh, before I go though, there is a special that, that came out after La Usurpadora ended called Masaya de la Usurpadora, which was a tiny little mini series that takes place years after the events of La Usurpadora. It has all the cast come back and I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it and that will be like a little bonus episode for next week. So look forward to that. And with that, thank you all so, so, so much for listening to another episode of Telenovelas con Dulce. Leave us a review if you haven't already. And just thank you. I appreciate this so much. And as always, I'm super thankful to my little community of telenovela lovers. And I look forward to covering our next telenovela, which I will reveal next week in next week's episode. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode. I hope you're taking care of yourselves and I will see you all again next week. Bye everyone. Bye.